Hello everyone, welcome to episode 46 of It Was All Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, here with my cousin and co-host, Neil Carroll. Hello, welcome back everybody. So much. So I know I say it every week, but there's so much to discuss and, and so much exciting content to review. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that, let's let's just get right into it. We had yeah. what if episode three. Which well let's not bury the lead. Every episode is getting better and better. I so think. you thought this was better than episode two? Yes, I did. I thought this was much more depressing than episode two, I'll tell you that much. Oh, it's far more depressing. I mean, spoiler alert, one, two, three. They just, everybody dies. They kill everyone. everyone. It's like, there's not even a what if, really. It's just, they just kill. What if everybody everybody died? died? Yeah, exactly. That was was it. Um, I guess we could take people through the episode really quickly. So essentially, we start off at Iron Man, the end towards the end of what iron man 2 would have been or iron man 3 no No, i think it's iron man 2 i think it's iron man Man 2 would have been because when tony stark he's kind of the 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 uh plate in his chest is is basically poisoning his blood yes he's got to come up with a solution and nick fury goes to give him medicine and him and black widow and when they do that somehow tony stark mysteriously dies from it and black widow gets blamed now there's a split second where it's like you just think that he just dies like that's the what if it's like oh the antidote didn't work and he had a bad reaction to the medicine in which case i was watching it like oh my god are we okay with this like is this something that's okay oh they didn't stop there neil not at all we get to thor yeah, first yes. Thor movie where Thor himself goes to collect his hammer in New Mexico. Correct. And he is Hawkeye is, is watching is watching up from his hawk nest. And hawk before nest. Thor can regain his powers and can touch the hammer, Hawkeye doesn't even know how he did it, says he didn't do it on purpose, lets go of the arrow that he wasn't supposed to shoot kills thor two avengers down before they even become avengers two down before they become avengers and the reveal is genius but we'll wait on that uh he here's what i okay it's this next one that i'm excited about because i i like that they took from the original quote unquote so it's the it's the hulk we're getting to the hulk we're we're getting there we have one in between and that's Hawkeye sitting in his cell now because oh, yes. he's being blamed. They go in to talk to him and they realize, oh, he just tipped over. He's dead too. Dead. Where? How to... did anyone get in to kill him? They have, have no a idea. Three body count and it's only minute twelve. Mm-hmm. Now we go over to Black Widow, who's on the lamb. She's looking for answers and she's looking for Bruce Banner. Yes. Who, that whole scene is essentially beat for beat the scene from the um, Incredible Hulk I, with the Incredible Hulk. Um, why can't I think of his Edward name? Edward Norton. Eddie but this Norton. This version is Mark Ruffalo. Correct. In the cartoon. Correct. They've correct. just but completely erased Ed Norton. Completely erased Ed Norton. 
he's like someone who's been canceled, not for any of the reasons that we're canceling people. Like he just, no, we just stopped he caring was kind of canceled or... by, I think people who work with him because yeah, they don't jerk. like working with him. I don't know if he's a jerk as much as he's just very difficult and demanding to work. That's with. fair. Yeah, like fair. he's the one who like, he made changes to the script for the incredible Hulk movie. He's like one of those. I, I get it. Having said that, the Incredible Hulk movie was not necessarily a bad movie. Abomination sucked. Fine. But it was not the worst installment in the MCU, I think. Regardless. Okay. Regardless. But I, I like it's the that... worst one either, but yeah. it's it's close. Well, it's not the best. But I liked that scene from that movie. I like that where they're in the overpass. And yes. I thought they were going to do the smoke thing because that's remember, that was like that big trailer for right, that right, movie. Right, right, right. They shoot the canister in, the glass fills up with smoke, and then he bursts out as Hulk, which was awesome at the time. So when I saw that, took me right back to that. I loved it. But well, instead, what a genius it, way to kill the Hulk. Yes, yeah, so it looks like someone shot him. Bazoom. As Bruce Banner, of course, he gets angry. Warren Scar... Uh, so I was going to say Scarlet Witch warns right. Black Widow to get out of there because he's about to get very angry and very he angry. does and yes. he starts fighting back and then all of a sudden next thing we know he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger until he pretty much just explodes right Hulk down Hulk, Hulk not supposed to be able to down. be killed yes gets got but it to me that makes perfect sense because I the way they did it Yes. yes, and we'll get to that once we reveal who the killer was. Correct. So then we get to Black Widow now at some computer lab. She's starting to piece things together, piece things together. Oh, and there's, there's someone there in the darkness. In the darkness. But he seems invisible, which I at first was like, hmm. It was weird. It was yes. weird. I was like, is this the ghost of someone that's come back to Would kill have been all of you people? Meanwhile, Loki has come to collect his brother and seek revenge on Earth for his death, along with all of Asgard's army. Um, I was thinking, oh, is this maybe Loki has been behind this the whole time? Um, then she says something interesting. She says she calls Nick Fury or sends a warning to Nick Fury right. and says that hope is the answer. Yes. Which, to me, that right away made me think, obviously, Hope Van Dyne. So, the I wasp, will admit not being thought, that smart. I thought it was actually the Wasp right. doing all of this. That would have made sense to me. But yes. I, I, didn't, I didn't put the Hope <clears throat> thing together just yet. Gotcha. And then when it was revealed, I thought it was genius. Also, the yes. animation of when he takes his helmet off and you see his face. Mm -hmm. I love that animation. That's a perfect look. So let's just skip right to the graveyard. Let's do it. Nick Fury took the clue. He gets the help of Loki. Yes, he, he do. meets at the graveyard, the, the grave of Hope Van Dyne. So my theory was out the window unless I was right and it was the ghost of her. The ghost of <laughs> um, her. But lo and behold... Here comes Hank Pym. Boom. Dressed in the yellow jacket costume. Which, 
was what I thought was a perfect, like a nice touch, because that's the villain costume. Yep, yep. And he has gone bad. Yes. And like, Big as you way. said, when he takes the helmet off, his, he's got the bags under his eyes. He's clearly been through a lot. And yes. he's blaming Nick Fury for the death of Hope because he she went is... on a mission and happens yeah. to, unfortunately, die on a miss- mission in this universe. Less and than, he, please. He's been getting his revenge. They reveal how he killed everyone. He was in the needle that uh, Tony Stark took. Yes. He, um, flicked the thing's finger so that the arrow he shot. Hawkeye's finger so that the arrow shot. He basically just went straight through each ear of Hawkeye, yes. which was gross. And Correct. Took him out. And then shoots himself into Bruce Banner before he turns into the Hulk and just explodes his heart. Boom. Or does a growth, it was a growth capsule that he right. throws at the heart that enlarges it continuously until he explodes. Yes. And then obviously took out Natasha. Which I think is brilliant. And so while depressing, I think this was the best episode yet because that's the question everybody asks, like that ner- that we nerds ask, who would win in a fight? How would you defeat this? How would you defeat that? And the truth is Ant-Man, and he is the original Ant-Man, doesn't get his due because though he doesn't have like a power and it's all kind of science, that's it. You win. You crawl into someone's ear, you explode their brain, and you, you've won. <laughs> that's right. Like, that's it. They simplified it a little bit. Yes. Then- than uh, what they do in the movies. Correct. Um, yeah, so then Hank Pym, he's fighting who he thinks is Nick Fury, but finds it odd that he can't at all do any damage to him. Right. It's revealed that it's actually Loki disguised as Nick Fury, and eventually they win the day. But we're not left there. See, the interesting thing about this show, which I'm assuming they're setting up for season two is that each episode so far has left us with a little trail of what's to come. Right now. May I ask you this question? Yes. Because so far it doesn't necessarily seem connected. And and here's what like, there's a little trail. The episodes. So is each episode its own universe i think so okay so that I'm appears not that way to you but i believe i believe that's true um so at the end of episode one right we get a, a shot of 70 years later nick fury and clint barton open up uh, use the tesseract to open up a portal where Captain Carter comes out of instead of obviously finding Captain America frozen. Actually, that kind of answers my question. Yes. Which we'll touch on in the reveal of episode three. Episode two, we see uh, Peter Quill. This is in the Black Panther Star-Lord episode. Peter Quill, he's mopping up a floor at a fast food restaurant and Ego walks in oh it was dairy queen yes and then in episode three we see that loki decides yeah i helped you guys i'm gonna stay on earth and become the ruler 
Yeah, it doesn't turn out, to, or it turns out exactly the way Loki is. Right. But Nick Fury then Beeps finds Steve buddy. Rogers we think. frozen in ice right. and calls Carol Danvers to Earth. Yes. So if they found Steve Rogers in ice, this can't be the same universe as Peggy Carter. Correct. Because, yeah, that doesn't so play. Each what if it looks like is its own universe. That being said, it looks like they're going to be continuing each mini-verse with future episodes. In so we're going to find out what also happens after that. Like when Loki rules the world and Peggy Carter comes out of the portal and Peter Quill, who doesn't know anything about space or anything like that, is right. confronted by his space father. Which I just think is an interesting concept, like each episode being its own universe. And then next season, we again, it's episode one continues episode one's universe yep. and so on. That's a that's new. Unless like, we're getting that at the, the second half of this this season. That's also possible. We're not that yes. far in. Only episode three. So how are so you are feeling like this is getting better each week? It is to me like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying myself more with each episode. You know, again, I, I think this was the nerd, the pinnacle of nerddom, like who wins in a fight? How do you kill the Hulk? What, you know, without, uh, a people, doubt. without like the, the water cooler at nerd headquarters is going to be packed this week with questions and discussions about like, no, nah, you wouldn't be able to kill the Hulk with this or that or blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. like, I think they did a great job. Fan service, uh, pulling from, you know, familiar scenes, bringing back voices we like, Michael Douglas doing his thing and being amazing in live action or in animation. Oh yeah. I, just tremendous. Like just a tremendous thing. Awesome. Well, let's leave it at that for mm. what if, and let's, get into some rolling or trolling we will get back to what if for uh episode four next week yes actually even before we do some rolling or trolling well we get kind of a bit of separate news this is like a combo of rolling or trolling and uh stream it skip it add it to the watch list this this is a whole culmination of that um earlier this week yeah. Someone who worked on and works for uh, Marvel yes. leaked the highly, highly anticipated yes. Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Oh, yeah. It was a video of someone's phone yeah. watching an unfinished version of the trailer which basically forced Marvel's hand to just release, release the trailer. Which, why not? This week finished. Yes. Um, so they did that. We have seen the trailer. And I feel like we need to have an in-depth discussion. In, I have many things. I have questions. I felt satisfied and excited. Uh, many interesting things happening here. Okay, so what are what are some of the? Uh, I'm assuming everyone mm-hmm. listening to this, all has two of it. you, <laughs> has seen well, this trailer because everybody has seen this trailer. Let's. I'd like to start with you, 
and I will frame the, the conversation to you this way. Back in the early aughts, the early 2000s, when Spider-Man was all we had, mm-hmm. okay, and it was really just kicking off. It was Tobey Maguire, uh, um, Willem Dafoe, and then the spark of that universe. You were a big fan. Like, I remember Spider-Man was a movie you were watching off. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, of the three... And I'm throwing the the three, you know, the third one in there out of respect, but okay. obviously that's not going to be the answer. Of the three, which did you prefer? So of, yeah, so that the three kinda... Sam Raimi movies. Oh, of the three Sam Raimi movies, which yes. was my favorite? Yes, Spider-Man Two. Absolutely. Now, Spider-Man Two was your favorite. It was actually mine, even though I love love Willem Dafoe. Yes. Okay, I think they just misused him in okay. the first one. Yep. yep. Okay. I see that? I think the villain of the second one, Doctor Otto Octavius, was perfectly cast, perfectly played, and the tone was just right. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Why was it your favorite? Um, it was my favorite, essentially because it it had the best blend of like camp mm. it, it and kind of realistic like what you what you wanted yes so it, it kind of it balanced that out very well whereas the first one which i really did like there were certain things in the first one that like didn't fully fit Okay. If that makes sense. Like it didn't match the tone and the and the content didn't match um, at times. Kind of. Yeah. Kind like of. Like I really and I've said this so many times now it's become redundant, but I just like my personal thing is you take the most expressive actor out there in Willem Dafoe and you cover his entire face. I just feel like that was such a dumb move. Yeah. Yeah, for me, with the first one, it's just there's a couple things. So there, there was basically because I recently rewatched these two movies actually, like oh, maybe okay. a month or so ago. Perfect. And so, kind of revisiting it after so much time, I hadn't watched it in years. Right. I didn't realize how like there was way more camp than I remembered. Right, sure. Especially after all of the Marvel movies that we've gotten. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely skewed that way. And but plus, it's mostly a we good, were the target It's audience. mostly a good thing. Yeah. Right? Um, the Spider-Man costume is perfect. It is perfect. Um, it is perfect. The Green Goblin costume sucked. Completely. Did not like it. Horrible. It horrible. Horrible. Um, except, you know, I will say like you said defoe yeah. he despite having that horrible metal Handicap. mask yeah. that shows no expression he still is able to like shine through that right ace that role yeah yeah did a but, great job in the role but wasn't given the tools it's just it's it's a very simple story very yeah. fast paced one minute 
Peter Parker's in high school. The next, he's got an apartment in the city. True. You know what I mean? I, I think I if they had taken their time, it would be like a really perfect flesh that uh, out first movie. But yeah. that's kind of my biggest knock on it. Perfectly sensible. And but, kind of after watching these movies, I will say that, you know, Tobey Maguire was great. Yes. But I think Tom Holland, for me, is definitively the best of the three at, at playing Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I, all right, I don't know if I'm there yet, but, uh, but I'm not knocking him. But here's my thing. Like, here's where I was leading to. The second one was your favorite. Uh, I gave my reasons as to that. But I think largely the second movie was a success because of Alfred Molina. Like, I think that's, that's a movie where the example is not the main character being the star of the show, but maybe right. out of the villain or the whatever. So I think, like, we're jumping right to the end of this trailer. I'm going right to the end. Okay. When Alfred Molina shows up yes. and says, hello, Peter, I, my brain exploded <laughs> because i was like yes i just i want like that's all anybody wants who's ever seen a movie and loved it and then grew up they were like i just want that again like just give me ghostbusters again i want to watch uh, bill murray be funny again just give me you know uh indiana jones again like just give me like that's what we want well, so When they do this in the multiverse, it's like this is an exciting time to be alive because that's the whole premise of the multiverse. It's like, well, we're just going to give people what they want. This is something that I think has been a missed opportunity for a lot of a lot of studios that have gone straight to just reboots. Yeah, is and you know this has been tried before, like with Indiana Jones four, right? Um, Crystal Skull, like where it's almost you have the new crew right you bring in some of the old crew to kind of pass the torch so that the new crew right. then just becomes that's your those are your main people and so yeah we that's got two formula. spider-man films with tom holland already which were great now we're going to get the official passing the torch though from the past spider-man movies because we know Doc Ock is in this, obviously, from Spider-Man 2. We know Green Goblin, William Defoe, is in this movie. Because yes. you hear his laugh and you see the pumpkin Chris. bomb rolling on the road. I'm surprised that wasn't your favorite part. Of you know trailer. why? Because I'm, because I'm so nervous, Chris. <laughs> I'm so nervous that, that they're going to screw it up. Can you imagine a world where at the, they, he shows – like, I don't want to see his face in any trailers. I just want to go to that movie and, and see him. Please, Lord, please, Marvel people, give him a better costume. Can you imagine Willem Dafoe they will. They will. being Green Goblin – because the I right think costume. they're already like we know Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro, and there's already been word that his look is going to be completely different this time around. 
um, which is a good thing because he looked terrible yes. in Spider Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2. And that is a hard um, character to realize. And you screen. see the lightning striking in the... They don't ever show Jamie Foxx. Yeah. You see the lightning striking and you see kind of like a swirl of sand. So we're probably getting Sandman as well. Those are the four that are most speculated, but yes. we're thinking that this is going to be some sort of Sinister Six. We don't know confirmed who five and six are going to be yet. I don't think. Here's... Possibly Lizard. And then Possibly six is, lizard. we don't really know. Well, six could be Paul Giamatti as the Rhino. I th- I hope not, could but it be, could be. He yeah. has said pretty adamantly that he's not, not in it. I, I... That's could mean nothing but i don't know i have to give credit so sam raimi i believe was the first director to ever do three superhero movies of the same suit okay so he did the trilogy first he was the first one to do that second i believe his villains were the best like were were the best cast all right okay like uh hayden well for the Thomas first hayden two Church, for the so, first two. For the first two. The third movie was just out of yeah. whack. But Sandman got lost in that movie. Oh, like if he that, was yeah. just the villain alone, that might not have been a terrible movie. Because Thomas Hayden Church is an excellent actor. Yeah. And he plays Sandman. So if they're bringing him back, I'd like to watch that too. Like I thought I'm interested right. to see if they do or if they just have someone completely new playing him. Um, maybe they have someone completely new playing Rhino. I wonder if they just took like, oh, the, the things where that really didn't work from these movies. Like, listen, Amazing Spider-Man 2 didn't work, but something right. that really didn't work in Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the Rhino and That's Paul correct. Giamatti. And we yeah. love Paul Giamatti. And we love that was, Paul Giamatti. That was atrocious. Yeah. It was so bad. Mistakes were made. Yes. So, but like, kind of same thing with Spider-Man 3 was, like, there was a lot wrong with that movie. I'm glad there's not even close a to a that, whisper yeah. of the other guy playing, like, with Venom. Oh, yeah. Um, from that 70s show, whose name? Yeah, uh, Topher Grace. Um, Topher Grace. But, like, also Sandman really didn't work in that movie. Out of all the, the villains yeah. from that first trilogy those two were the worst so i wonder if they replace him too um and then we're getting a lot of doctor strange a lot of doctor strange which you know i think we're okay with but let's let's not go back just yet okay which peter is he saying hello to mic drop when's that like towards the end when doc ock shows up and he says hello peter Right. Who's he talking to? I, I'm thinking it's Toby Maguire is in this movie. Yes. Andrew Garfield is in this movie. Yes. Actually, J uh, JB Smoove was <laughs> on a red uh, on a like red carpet the other yeah. day, and someone at, I don't know if he was just saying yes because he couldn't really hear him or not, but someone asked him like, "Oh, how's it?" working like having alfred molina back and and working with seeing him in spider-man is like oh it's awesome you know and then he's kind of like looking away not paying attention and the guy's like oh and like you know toby mcguire and andrew garfield being being in a in the new spider-man movie something like that he's like oh yeah it's great it's great and he like keeps moving it's like did did he just did he just give away that confirm that 
they're in oh. it. But we all know. We all joy know they have to be in it. Joys, yes. Um, Dream of dreams. So let's talk Doctor Strange a little bit. Because there was a heavy, heavy dose of Doctor Strange. So like where know, we left off from far from home. Yes. Was, and they kind of recap this. We're starting from there for this movie. That's where the trailer starts, at least, is Peter Parker's outed right. as Spider-Man by J. Jonah Jameson, played by a carryover from. Yes. From the original, from the again, original. everybody was perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. Still, still, I'll say it a third time. Still, the best uh, aunt and uncle ever, like to play. And I love Martin Sheen. Okay, when he played it in the Andrew Garfield yeah. ones, and I love me some Marissa Tomei. But absolutely, the casting in the Sam Raimi universe was the best. Yeah, I mean, they were Aunt May and Uncle Ben were on par with who they were in the comic books. I think the only yes. thing I ever disagreed with, both in the comics and and therefore about those two, is how old they were. Why were they? How how were they Peter that, Parker's that aunt and uncle? Yeah, and the age of what his grandparents would be. Well, I like, feel how like, were the, you know, how was Ben Parker, the sibling old. of Peter's father? It doesn't make sense. They're like, I tw- always, had to be like 20 years apart. Correct. Minimum. I always took it as like, they were the respected aunt and uncle. Maybe. Not necessarily Maybe. the uncle. Regardless. So, Yes, it, it, this is it's just it's a very exciting time. Um, I also think it is a just enormous flex by Marvel how essentially what they're doing with this movie is they're taking a storyline from the comic books called Brand New Day and they're turning it into a movie. Now, Brand New Day from the comic books, and I've done some research on this, is essentially what happens. Mm-hmm. is Peter Parker from Civil War, the that storyline, right. had revealed himself to the public to be part of the Superhero Registration Act and all that, right? right? They needed to back themselves out of that, the writers. And so they yeah. made this storyline how Aunt May was really sick. With, uh, Peter, There's no way to save her, no way to save her. So... Peter Parker goes to Mephisto, funny enough. He's always somehow connected in all these the phase four stuff. Um, goes to Mephisto and basically makes a deal with him in order to save Aunt May. He Mephisto will make it so that no one remembers he's Spider-Man and everything that's happened with him yeah. and Mary and Jane the price will pay. go away. He has the yeah. price to pay is that he loses the love of his life, Mary right. Jane, in order to save 90-year-old Aunt May. Right. That storyline and the subsequent stories after it until they fixed it is seen pretty universally by comic readers as the worst yes. Spider-Man storyline 
ever written. ever made. Yeah, that is true. What Marvel has decided to do is take that and turn and it into a movie and make it good and make it good. But here's the thing. Here's why it worked a little bit in the comics. And here's why it's going to work now. That's exactly what a kid would do. A, a it's what kid. a kid would yes. do. I'm going to go use magic because make it like it was. Yes. Wave the wand and make it like it was. That's what a kid would do. So this is perfect. Well, here's it's another question for you because I've seen this a lot on, hmm. uh, like on social media and stuff is they say – there's no way Doctor Strange would actually do that. Why would Doctor Strange do that? Well, do you, do you think this is something that Doctor Strange would do? Would he cast the spell like this? Because me personally, I look back at Doctor Strange in MCU and I think absolutely he would do a spell like this. Yes. I don't think there's a question he would do a spell like this because they're saying, oh, it's so risky. Someone right. that someone like Doctor Strange wouldn't do it. I was like, have you watched? Doctor Strange in these movies? He has taken chances. He this is a chance stole taker. a book from from the Ancient One to learn yep. how to do the time spells when he wasn't supposed to. He took He's doing a, out of body reading to he did read, a, read eight books. He did a one in sixteen million chance by giving the yes. um time stone to Thanos willingly. I, I absolutely like, think he would, he would do definitely it. do this because he thinks he the thing with him. Yeah. And I like that they've kind of kept this about his character. His his fatal flaw. From the first movie. Right. That we haven't really seen since the first movie because he's only been in like ensemble movies. Yeah. His fatal flaw is his ego. Yes. He believes he can handle it. He and he believes he's the best. Right. At what he does. First, it was Whatever him it surgeries. Now it's him being, you know, but a sorcerer supreme. Let's, you know, here's the other thing. I had uh, um, Doctor Strange frustration um, or Doctor Strange per, per anticipate estrangement. Like I was ready for all the Doctor Strange in WandaVision that we were promised. And we got none. And we got none of it. Well, we were really like, promised it. Oh, we were promised it. No, like, the one who that was you know, the most like alluded to was Mephisto. 100%. So we had all the Mephisto frustration. Then the Doctor Strange uh, premature strangulation. And it's like we're ready for all this and nothing happens. Nothing comes of it. Yeah. And... I so when they had the uh, the trailer and it was all Doctor Strange, I'm like, all right, I've been waiting. Yeah. He's a big, it's good he's to see be a big part of this one. Yeah, he's going to be so a I big think that's part good. of this good one. Stuff. Good news, good news for us. Well, I, and, I and, think, uh, and America. Oh, without a doubt, I just cannot wait for December now. It's tremendous. It's I see, great. like, I guess you know it was leaked, so they forced them to do it early, but also, but it was about time. It was about time, and we needed it. Okay. Yeah. Shang Chi comes out next week. Right. And I don't care because oh, this... I care. I care. no, no, no. I mean, I mean this has taken over yeah. all of my caring. But like, 
I can't believe that it's already we're at the point where we're at Shang Chi is coming out. Yeah, you know we're we're getting a fully like non reboot like this is we are continuing with Phase Four now. Yes, it's crazy. Very exciting. Um, all right, let's let's do some rolling or trolling. Let's roll. We had more Marvel reveals um, this this week. One of which, the biggest, the kind of the biggest announcement outside of the trailer was that the character Riri Williams, aka yes. Ironheart, will yeah. make her appearance, her MCU debut. Excuse me, in Black Panther two. I'm good. I'm good with it. I think Black Panther two is going to need. Uh... All the help it can get. I don't mean that negatively, but having lost their main star, you know, banking on uh, a movie about transition to a mm-hmm. new person wearing that crown, I think they're they're going to need some buttresses, some support. So I think that's a smart move. Yeah, so I, I just think that. if you know, given the the importance of of this follow-up movie yes that that most follow-ups don't really have the True. weight that that this movie has to carry yeah um yeah i think you're right i think they just need to pull out all the stops possible the is stops. what it is you don't leave any idea you have for this movie like you don't save for no. the next one yeah. You put it all, it all in this, the and then you figure it out later after you've done this. Correct. So I, I love it. I think it's great. It makes sense um, from the comic perspective. Again, just reading about this, it seems like Shuri and Ironheart, they are close and friends in the comic books. So it it is a, um, a logical move Next to make step. yeah it does seem like it the makes movies. sense so i like it i'm excited for it it's gonna be uh that's gonna be interesting good stuff also confirming some surprise characters for upcoming movies this one not as much of a surprise because he was at the premiere of this movie right um marvel has confirmed that uh ben kingsley's trevor is returning some capacity for uh, Shang Chi. Uh, all right, I uh, let's see. I'm trolling Trevor. I'm rolling with Ben Kingsley. I think he would make a great um, villain. I want him to be the wielder of ten rings. Like I want him to be the Mandarin. And and remember there was that like mini movie they did like that six minute thing to retcon uh-huh how crap that was and they were like well he's just a decoy he's like a twin of the real mandarin or something right that's what i want to be true i want ben kingsley to be real mandarin. it could still be because we technically like we know that shang chi's father is wearing the ten yes. rings we don't know that he's the mandarin Right, right. 
So, so there's a way out. It here. could still be like maybe he's not playing Trevor and he's just back and he's playing the actual yes. Mandarin, which would Who be knows? so boss. But I kind of like Marvel just being like, "Screw you guys! This was funny. We're we're bringing him back for a cameo." Like I'm fine with it. I'm rolling um, with it. Yeah, roll on. Um, there is a Black Canary movie in development for HBO Max with Journey Smollett who played Black Canary in um, Birds of Prey, uh, set to return. Okay. I mean, okay. I Here's why I'm going to troll this. Uh, I, I just want them to learn to take from the known commodities, take from the TV show, take, give the people what they want. I'm sure... You know, Captain Smollett is fantastic and will do fine. But just like we we all, we know what our Black Canary is. We know what we want. Give us that. So I'm going to troll it for that reason. Like, go you to your you, source. You want the CW Black Canary? I want the CW everything. We should have had a CW Flash. We should have had I a think CW. That, that sh- I think that ship has sailed. It has sailed, but I'm I'm sad about it. Okay, let me feel my feelings. The here's the other thing. The yeah. CW shows are are fun. Okay. The actors are doing a great job. Yes. Right? For but for that show. Yes. Those shows. Like the the and I this is going to I'm going to say no offense, but this is going to sound <laughs> While you offend every actor the, on the, the show. The yeah. actor of Okay who plays black canary there's technically two of them yeah um not a movie star neither of them are movie stars there's a reason why they're on the The cw CW. like you could never in a million years have them playing the star role in a feature film for black canary you just couldn't Uh, do it they're not capable i'll i'll give you that for black canary but I would still I would say that for most of the actors in the Arrowverse, they are Sans maybe like I think um I think the guy oh God, I and I feel bad I don't know any of the actors' names. The guy who played um the Green Arrow. Yeah, I think he's uh, very Amell. good. I think he yeah. got much, much better and got way more range. Yes, as, as that show, show went, on. went on compared to the beginning of that show. I, I think concur. Grant Gustin was a lot of fun in the yes. beginning of The Flash. Yeah. I feel like him, it was actually the reverse. He kind of yes. regressed a little bit. Well, because um, you have to continue to play the like goofy fun guy, which can, not, you know, can wear on you. Um, not a lot of Green Arrow's bodyguard and friend. Diggle, I like Diggle, less and less. Great, very, very good actor. I thought. Yeah. I think he's very good. He could be in movies. Um, there's really not a lot of people I can point to in those shows where I'm like, oh yeah, they could. Like, not only like I don't even know if they could star, but just like be in movies. There's be only like movies. there's really I, not a long list. Outrageous, outrageous. How dare you? I'm just being. Listen, I'm being honest, and I'm, I'm, you know, being realistic here. Fair All enough. Right. The next two rolling or trollins are both yes. quotes. I want to know if you're rolling with the people who are saying this. So um, here's a, ready. 
a, a recent quote from, and I want to make sure I am pronouncing his uh, his name right. Mm-hmm. It's Dennis Villeneuve. Okay. He is the director for the upcoming Dune movie. Ah, okay. He says, quote, frankly, to watch Dune on a television, the best way I can compare it is to drive a speedboat in your bathtub. For me, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Are you rolling right. or trolling with his sentiment there? Well, I think let's let's think about this. I think what's his name? Dennis Vill, Villa Maria is a little, you know, a little hubris. Perhaps, you know, uh, this also it, has to do with the fact that it will be releasing on HBO the Max big screen yeah. at the same time that it releases on the big big screen. I think he's probably right. Like, I'm going to roll with the sentiment and troll the hubris. OK, that's fair. That's but fair. I think he's right. Like, I, you know, there's nothing like watching a Star Wars movie on the big screen. There's nothing <clears throat> like seeing certain movies on the big screen. Um but the, you know, and this seems like one of them. Here's his problem. Uh, he's got to deliver now. He's got to deliver. My, like, listen, I get it. I am a strong proponent proponent of yes. the theater, the yeah, movies. Absolutely. I love going to the movies. I know this to be true. I just, something like that. The, I think the thing that like a lot of these directors are missing that are so adamant about, no, we need a movie release, movie, movie release, movie release. Yeah. I am someone who enjoys going to the movies by myself. I can go to an empty theater by myself. And still have a good time. 11, 12 o'clock. But like the really big movies, Part of what makes them great, aside from the size of the screen and the sound coming from the speaker systems, is watching it with a whole bunch of people. Yes, the audience reaction. And so, yeah, you can just release this out in theaters like you want, but it's not going to be the same. You're not going to have as many people watching it. So what's more important to you? Is it more important that just people see the movie or do they have to see it in a theater? And if so, you're going to have to then push back the movie for like three years because we're you're not going to get that experience for a while right i hate to break it to all these directors who are being a little they're getting a little um you know on their high horse here with this streaming stuff like i get it i think they should all like make the money they they're supposed to be making but like when it comes to them like oh this movie it needs to be seen you know when in a theater atmosphere like people's home theaters are sick now they'll that's be fine true. that's people true people will be, be fine, fine watching yes. i'll watch dune with my noise canceling ha- headphones on my ipad and i'll be completely fine okay well i mean uh, yes that is something that will happen but i think you should probably see dune on the big screen uh, yes i i will but i'm just saying like yes you know let's let's just appreciate that people are going to get to see your movie and now when does dune release do we know this it comes out in october i believe october um it comes out october 22nd 
Okay. I can yes. dig it. Um, here's another recent quote. This time from Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. In regard to the Sony Marvel multiverse. Yes. He said, quote, you may as well be explaining quantum physics right now to me. <laughs> All I know is I just know my guy and I, I know the know basics. My guy. End quote. You know what? Good. I am rolling. That's that an I actor. Roll. I roll with it too because like, listen, would it be great if he like dove into multiverse <laughs> stuff or whatever, but he right. is an older actor. Yes. And at least... He's down for the part, and he's going to know his part front to back. And that's all, that's all we need out of Michael Keaton. We don't that's need it. him to understand the nuances of no. the Marvel multiverse. multiverse. It's Correct. fine. Tell him know where your to show business. up. Give him all the lines. Give yes. him all the background of his character. And that's what he needs, and he'll, he'll take care of the rest. Approved. Message approved. Rolling. Rolling. All right, now to get into some some of the weird stuff. First, okay. this one at least is still movie related. Um, Tom Cruise, he's he's known for doing crazy stunts on oh, each yes. of his movies. This is true. Well, there was one stunt that he was not allowed to do, and it took the U.S. Navy to stop him. Interesting. That's right. The Navy the stopped. Navy. Tom Cruise from flying a jet in Top Gun 2. Yeah. Good move, U.S. Navy. I approve. I'm rolling. I think, Tom, you know what? We get it. Okay? We get it. You like to do your own stunts. Let the Navy fly the planes. Let them fly the fighter jet with the warp speed like Correct. just let them fly it let them because we don't have time for you know and here's the other thing the navy doesn't care whether tom cruise lives or dies they don't care but we don't have time no, for 180 billion dollar insurance yeah. yeah right that how however much that plane costs sorry tom cruise the right. Navy's not concerned with you they're concerned with their billion dollar fighter jet that they don't know if you're going to land or not. Right. So I roll with the Navy as a proud American. And I roll with Tom Cruise's passion for being a good actor. Mm. Maybe not his passion for other things, but his passion for being a good actor. I'll roll with, but like, yes. take it down a notch, Tom Cruise. I think he's a jerk person. Oh, he definitely is but yes i enjoy his acting. that's without a doubt like yeah. you, you're not a scientologist and like a good person <laughs> oh, <laughs> those yeah. those two things don't really they don't equate. necessarily equate <laughs> yeah that's that's an, yeah fair enough right my goodness i think that's strange fair to say. we're not worried about insulting the scientologist out there yeah that's not a group that i'm worried about <laughs> you know um, we'll, we'll get their letters next week <laughs> right they'll send their letters um, their hate yeah. mail yeah. Um, last bit. Last bit. Yes. Again, straight out of a science fiction movie or novel or whatever. Uh, Elon Musk uh-huh. doing crazy scientist things. Oh, Musky. Has announced the Tesla bot 
which okay. is a humanoid robot that's 5'8", 125 pounds, and designed in a way so that, quote, you can run away from it and most likely overpower it, end quote. Okay. Elon Musk is making robots, humanoid yeah. robots. So here's the problem with, with old Muskie. Uh, this is evil scientist stuff now. Like we've you've entered... seen the robots too. They look yeah. like I robot robots. Essentially. Yeah, that's my, so here's the problem. Like if your disclaimer is like, you could probably outrun it and likely overpower it. Maybe we shouldn't make it. Yeah. You know, if that's the disclaimer, if, if the, the disclaimer is like, buy one, you'll probably survive. I'm good. You know, like if I was in the islands and they were like, you know, oh, oh, how beautiful the white sand beaches and the blue water. And some guy was like, come snorkeling with us. We take 10 people out every day. Eight come back. I'm good. You know, yeah. I'm going to go to the tiki bar and I'm going to be fine. Like, for me, like, have you seen, like, those Boston Dynamics robots? <laughs> oh, the ones that, like, do the little parkour? Yeah. Course? So, like, yeah. my thing is, you want to make robots that dance around and do parkour? <laughs> sure. By all means. That's adorable. It. It's great. It's yes. fun. Whatever. Don't make, like, robots that look like us that are Correct. the same size as us and that we possibly yes. can outrun. Per chance. And possibly overpower. Right. Just maybe, maybe we're, we're dipping to our toes too far into the mad scientist pool. Just a little yes. bit. It's frightening now. Yeah. This is the frightening times. Because the next headline will be, you know, Florida man uh tries to fight you know kills a robot like that's it's gonna be hard florida man killed by five eight 125 pound robot that it that threw an alligator at him that he could not outrun right (laughs) or overpower outrun (laughs) or overpower that'll be the headline yes i don't know i'm trolling musky on this one yeah yeah um, that's it. We're closing Roland or Trollin on that one. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's going to be our closer oh for, for Roland or Trollin for this week. We will have some more news and updates as always for you guys next week. Let's move on to our suggestions from the mm. last episode. Neil, yes. you suggested the Arnold Schwarzenegger film eraser. I did. And I suggested to you, a fun, lighthearted Adam Sandler movie. Yes. Called <laughs> Uncut Gems. I'll start. Okay. Because I'm I'm intervening you now. This is an intervention. I'm going <laughs> full intervene. You said you wanted an excuse to watch it, and oh I my warned God. you. I am sending people. I just want you to go with these people. They're going to take you somewhere <laughs> where you can feel better. Because you just now, like, A, all you give me is movies that are over two hours long. This was two hours and 14 minutes. B, they're all showers of sadness. Okay. C, it's like there's no redeemable characters in in most of these movies. I 
So again, my my frequent critique with movies like this is there are definitely things we could have sped along. But this is the type of movie I like to watch because it is a character-driven piece. Oh, it yeah. is a talky movie. Yes. It's we're, we're acting. We're not superimposing. Mm-hmm. We're not tech, you know, effects. It also had an interesting uh, like cinemascope, an interesting like palette. Palette. Color palette. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A lot of like neon like blues and greens right. and yeah. Really interesting. Um, some of my notes. I like the opening titles alone lasted ten minutes. Like the the you know, produced by such and such, starring is like all that yeah. lasted ten minutes. It was kind of like very old school when it came to the, the opening credits. A, a little bit. A little it's like bit. like how I movies was, used to open. This is true. They, they were always so long, you know. I I was also interested in like the opening where the you know they're in the mine, the guy breaks his leg, and then we go discover what else is in the mine, uh, the opum or opal, however they say it, mm-hmm. uh, gem. And then they look into it. So like here's where I because I didn't know what to expect. It's an Adam Sandler movie, beginning to end. Like he's the star of this movie. Yes. Uh, and it was funny. It had its funny moments, but it was a very serious movie. And I thought for a second, it's like, are they going like magical? Is it like the because rock has the properties yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the opening? And then the guy takes it to the game and he does well. And then there's all that talk. So it's like it just him. Yeah. That was just Kevin Garnett being like a psycho. Right. Like, like rationalizing. Um, yeah. Kind of. Thing. With the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, superstitions. That's right. really what that was. Yeah. So. And you like then there was that line like oh you they say you can see the universe in it and I was like where are we going like with this, uh, but it was very you know very quickly I, I realized where we were going. Uh, I want to shout out Judd Hirsch, who I love. Yep, Judd Hirsch and uh, Eric Bogazian, who's the not the um, like blonde uh, henchman, but. The, the guy who's like at that dinner, at that like Passover dinner with him, Judd Hirsch and, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Adam Sandler. So, and Eric Bogazian, I really enjoy because he, he did a movie called Talk Radio, which I think is genius. Um, and when we may talk about one day, but like, I just, I loved it. Um, the, let's see here. Uh, my other thing was, I'm like, I, it was almost hard to watch because I kept feeling like stop pawning at other people's stuff. Like stop. Every time he got something from someone else, like on loan, he pawned it and then made bets with the money, which I know is the movie. Like that's the whole plot. Like he's a degenerate gambler and he needs to pay back all his debts. But like, I'm like, just like, just stop doing this. This is why you're getting yourself in trouble. Like I just like, stop. I know. Um, but you are a rational person. I am a rational without person. Without a, a crippling gambling addiction. Crippling <laughs> addiction. Um, I also thought, and maybe you can explain this because it, maybe it's sports related. So number one, it's an Adam Sandler movie. So there's mention of the Knicks. There's mention of basketball. Yeah, it's yeah. a heavy theme. Um, 
it opened and closed on visions of the universe, which I thought were interesting. Before I talk about the final scene, why set in 2010, 2012, like, uh, is that for basketball purposes? So or what, What's interesting is that before they got Kevin Garnett, who yeah. I'm sure you're vaguely familiar with. Um, yes. Yes, because he's been a known player. He was at the time of them filming he was retired what helps is that 2019 kevin garnett looks pretty close to 2009 okay kevin garnett um so they originally had a younger player who's currently in the league right now he's probably maybe he's like 25 or 26 now so he would have been even younger then a player named joel joel Embiid who plays for the 76ers. He was right. originally going to be in that Kevin Garnett role. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously it would be set in a more recent time. Um, but right. for whatever reason that didn't work out. And so they went with Kevin Garnett, who was a retired player and his biggest, you know, playoff success was pretty much in the year. They basically took the actual footage of actual games. Yeah. And, and used used that so they just used that storyline plus um the the directors the safty brothers are both huge huge basketball nuts and huge knicks fans okay which is funny because they used the celtic um, right but i think that that was the series that they were playing versus the knicks right yeah right something like that so they uh yeah they used that um, they used him, I, I think, that time period just because it made most sense for, like, that's when he was the most successful in the playoffs. That, all right, that works for me. Also, good for him for wanting to play a version of himself. Yeah. You know, and be having the courage to be like a, you know, kind of a weird good character, characterization of himself. Um, so good for him. That makes me like that guy who I don't know yes. at all. You know, I'm not like a fan of his basketball because I don't watch basketball, but I'm now a fan of his because I think that's a brave choice. But so the end of this movie. Yes. Spoiler alert. Those that want to watch it, you know, count to three. I'm about to say something. Spoilers. One, two, three. They just shoot him in the head. Like he wins everything. Wins the bet. He's going to be current. He's going to absolutely, he's going to pay off everybody. Everybody will be happy. He's above water. And bam, they just shoot him in the head. And then Ed, Eric Bagazian, like gets clipped too. And I'm okay with that because he was a jerk like the whole movie. He was a jerk. He was a jerk. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's I guess get. because he was the one who put him in touch with the guys who killed right. him. And is a whole like whole thing. There. Essentially, he gets killed because he just annoyed the people the that killer. he trapped in yeah. that room so much yeah. which i yeah i'd be pissed too like i get it yeah. um but, but that just guy really if i remember movie. correctly the guy who kills him wasn't the guy he owed money he was the guy that was sent right by the guy he owed money to yes. get the money from him yes, so he yes, didn't yes. care if he won the bet or not he also just wanted true. to go do his job and then get out of there so i'm sure he was very pissed off Hundred percent being trapped for two hours in that little glass, whatever room, the room of death, the glass case of emotion. Um, 
good movie. I think if you're a Adam Sandler fan, you should watch it because it does show his range probably more than others. Mm-hmm. You know, for, I think up till now, the the Adam Sandler range picture was Punch Drunk Love. Uh, yeah, yeah. This the, he did. He had that. like yeah. He had Punch Drunk Love. He had um, was Spanglish kind of semi yeah. indie type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had um, the Myrits Chronicles. Chronicles. But that was still very much in the vein of, of like Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. This yeah. was definitely his most, most serious role. 100%. I think it's a shame that he was not nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, because I thought he was incredible in this movie. Um, he did an amazing job, I, I have to say. He I, did a very amazing Was job. I right, though? It Like, you were just like... Yes. Tense yes. The whole Tense time. the whole movie. You're a hundred percent right because I'm you like, go stop through it. a yes. It, yeah. Exactly. You go through a lot. Yes. A lot through that movie. So I do think, yeah. I you you sold it well. You were hundred percent right. Uh, you are like, just stop doing what you're doing, and and things will be better. <laughs> um, I so yes, it was it was down. I thought like I in my mind I'm like. Oh, this girl's gonna betray him. She's just gonna take the money and run, or this is gonna happen, or that's gonna happen. So, like, I like the way it turned out because, like, he, no one, he, like, he, he brought it on himself. Like, no one betrayed him. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's his own self that betrayed him. Not, she didn't, the girl didn't run out on him. He didn't piss anybody off that, like, turned on him. It's just, this is, you know, the, the life you carved out for yourself. Excellent film. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Awesome. You, sir. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. I did enjoy it. I mean, again, a shower of sadness. I know. Um, I, I'm gonna give you <laughs> I'm gonna give you something better. Okay. That, that's not gonna depress you. Um, right. but I, I won't give anything away. I won't give anything away. Uh, let's talk gotcha. eraser. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. James Kahn. Yes. Vanessa Williams. Indeed, young Vanessa Williams. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is there the anyone part. I'm missing? There's like, I can't think of his there's, name, but there's he's a lot of things. like yeah. people, like bit players in right. this movie. Um, I enjoyed this. This was a fun kind of action, old school action. When did this come out? Like early 90s? Late early 90s. 90s. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah, so like, oh, even later 90s. It was 96. 96. This right. came out. Yeah, 96, this came out. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Pause a second because now I just looked out. I looked at my note. Um, shout out to Adele Dazeem. Oh, yes. She was in this. Yeah. Yes, for being the she wife. She's in Uncut Gems. That's right. She's got a great resting face, angry face. Yeah. Like, you know she did even, a very good job she did do a very did. good job even though he was wrong her face made me not like her like <laughs> made, her made you, you know, on his side <laughs> yes even though i know like i'm seeing the same things you're seeing uh-huh. i get it i know he's wrong but you just <laughs> seem mean <laughs> and so that made that's how i felt about that so i'm uh, sorry you were saying 1996 eraser 1996 Eraser. This was a fun movie. Yes. I think it's a great concept 
for a movie. Yeah. Like, this is really smart. He's a guy who basically helps out stage witness protection people's mm. whatevers and make sure that they can testify. Definitely. Um, that's a fun concept. I, they lost me a little bit when they kind of get into the like space laser weapons. Yeah. Well, it was the nineties. I know. I know, which <laughs> is fine. I think, and I wonder what your thoughts are on this because we talked yeah. a lot about kind of reboots and stuff like this. This is something that I think is prime for a reboot because done yes. right. This could be great. This could be a great, again, if they keep the premise right. that it's someone who comes in to like help witnesses who are in extreme dangerous right. scenarios with people like out to kill them. He's got a stage, whatever, like that's cool. That's makes for a great action movie. That's like a kind of like, you know, Liam Neeson, Keanu Reeves, type of let's take a actor action actor who is in movies that's a little aged and we're now going to make a action franchise with them i agree with you 100 percent. it is prime i think you could go two directions if you maintain the tone i think liam neeson's a great choice but this could easily be made into like a funny buddy situation and it would be prime for the rock it could. It could. The only thing about the the buddy situation, I feel like then you're basically making like Midnight Run. Well, good point. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think you have it. And I'm not saying you bring in Liam Neeson. I'm right. saying you like find the person who is now just getting into that phase of their career. That phase. I could see you that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, listen, I, not too much. I don't really have anything negative to say. Like, this was a fun movie despite time. laser shock yeah. weapons or whatever the heck they were trying to sell. Um, very fun. I really liked the opening scene. I liked any any moment where, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was setting people up to where it was like, oh, we're faking their death and here's all the stuff and we're escaping this and here's my yeah. expertise and all that. That was fun. I liked I liked that a lot. Even with it being like Arnold Schwarzenegger doing it, who's right. like, you wouldn't immediately think of him being that like someone expertise. like that, like a, yeah. a character like that. I thought it worked. Definitely. I agree. Definitely so, worked. Those were my feelings. Well, all right then. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, What do we got for next week? Well, I have a television show for you. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, I I don't know that you'll want to watch all of it, but I think you should explore young Judd Hirsch and take a look at... No, wait a minute. Did I suggest this for you like two weeks ago? Taxi. You did not. Oh, I did not. Good. I don't know why I thought I suggested. Maybe I suggested someone else. I think you should watch Taxi on Hulu. I have watched Danny DeVito. Uh, I've watched the entire uh, series. I enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Um, Danny DeVito, Judd Hirsch is the lead character. Um, 
Andy Kaufman before he went crazy and passed yes. away, and uh, a young Doc Brown, a young uh, Christopher Lloyd. That's right. So it's a funny show. It's you know an older show. Yeah. So course. you got to put yourself. It's like you know at this point In it's like a period time. piece. Yep. Yeah. But you know Danny DeVito is just the best at everything he does. <laughs> so you I will think that's fair. love him. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. And, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I've never I never really watched Taxi. I know right. like the, it, that was one of those that I think like when that was on replays like yeah. Nick at Night and stuff when we were younger. I think that was a little bit more of like for me at that time like an adult show. Right. Like I was able to get into kind of the more family centered Nick shows. at Night shows where you had Brady Bunch, you had Different Strokes, you had Cosby Show, you had Word. like all those um, Facts of Life, like the, stuff like that. Right. Um, so Taxi didn't really hit for me. Um, like even something like Cheers that I watched a little bit time. of at yeah. the time was a little too advanced for me right when i was like you know eight nine watching these shows Word. um so i'm excited to to give it a, a a watch and give it a shot i approve so mine is a little off the beaten path for you okay oh um well here we go again but like what are you giving me this is not depressing okay um i think you're gonna appreciate this from two different angles one mm. will be the nostalgia behind it okay and two will be the fact it, you know as you're watching it, it i think if you watch it from the fact from the perspective that you are a history teacher and a history buff, okay. you will be able to appreciate it despite not being the biggest fan of the subject matter. Okay. So, and this is also a docu-series. A series. All right. Yes. So don't feel like you need to finish it. Whatever you want to watch, watch. Right. I don't know if you're going to get into it or not. I have no idea. But my suggestion for you is The Last Dance. Oh, okay. It's the Michael Jordan yeah. Chicago Bulls docuseries. Right. It's on ESPN. Again, I think, obviously, I know you're not the biggest yeah. basketball fan. But if there is one aspect of basketball that i know you'll appreciate it's michael, it's michael jordan. jordan because I me and you grew, grew up, up on michael jam jordan we michael had jordan. space jam yeah. we were quote bulls, you know pretend you know. bulls fans right. when really we just loved michael jordan like correct when you were a kid in the 90s it didn't matter if you even liked basketball or not you loved michael jordan that's true that's a very that's true. fair to say that's very um, fair I think you're going to be able to appreciate, again, one, I think you're going to be able to appreciate just the fact that, like, this is a moment in history, right? They're telling, yeah. obviously, they're 
they're telling a story like, yes, it's centered in basketball, but mm. you're getting characters and you're getting the motivations behind them. You're getting the background as to what was going on during that time right. um, and flashbacks to prior to then, which is really interesting. And um, I forgot what my second point was. <laughs> but that's still I good. Where do I, I see it? It's on ESPN. Oh, okay. I mean, sorry, it's not on ESPN. It's on Netflix. Netflix. It is an ESPN documentary, but it's on Netflix, so you'll be able to watch it there. Um, I think you're going to like it. Oh, uh, the other aspect that I think you're going to like is I think you're going to be very interested in how Michael Jordan approached the game. Oh, okay. This was someone who somehow, some way, mm-hmm. was able to become the most beloved athlete probably uh, at least during that era if not of our time right despite in real life or at least in the basketball universe being a psychopath yeah a complete obsessive yeah like competitive psychopath and everyone still loves him and appreciates probably appreciates that the most about him about him which is just like very interesting to me considering where we're at nowadays in society that's still what people love about about michael jordan so anyways i i I, want to know give it you know the first episode or two a, a shot and and let me know what you think i certainly will i think it'll be a fun one all right sir and that's what i'll watch you will watch taxi and yes, I will watch The Last Dance. Awesome. That's going to do it for us for this week. We appreciate all of you for listening to another episode of It Was All Stream. If you are enjoying the podcast and haven't done so already, we'd really appreciate it if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed wherever it is that you're listening to our podcast. You can find us on every podcast platform and you could find us on the great wonderful fantastic splendid website glued to the screen.com that's glued the number two the screen.com neil what do you have to say to the people Dream on, everybody.